to another episode of Today's Lesson, a Nick Cave podcast. I'm a professor of Nick Cave studies at Nick Cave University, uh, Andrew. And uh, I'm I'm doctor of Nick Cave studies at uh, Nick Cave University and also the dean, and so therefore Andrew's boss, uh, Sean. Um, I may have neglected to mention this. I'm actually Professor Emeritus. Um, I, uh, moved on before you took over and ruined the school. I don't know if I mentioned this, but my family actually started the school with an impressive grant about a hundred years ago when we first learned about Nick Cave and my father began the studies. Uh, my family actually founded the entire study of Nick Cave. So, uh, when I came in, how are they doing now? Drowning at the bottom of a deep lake. That's right. They're by my hand. (laughs) You did kill them all. Ah. Anyway, moving on, we have an exciting episode for you guys today. We're looking at the song, He Rose Towards. Oh, no, I, uh, I'm being told I have that wrong. It is She Fell Away. Yes, sorry, my notes are upside down. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, my notes are uh, right side up, and uh, I'm excited to talk uh, with you and the listeners about uh, this amazing song, S left Yawa. Um, dang it. It's She Fell Away. I had my notes turned uh, 90 degrees uh, counterclockwise on this one. It happens to the absolute best of us. The professors and owners of, of small, specialized technical colleges. For-profit Nick Cave colleges. Sean, this song is just about just about at the very end of this album they worked really hard on this great music so i want to talk a little bit about this okay um we've got xylophone i know it's it's wonderful it takes me back to to preschool to kindergarten to the simpler times it's fun it's fun and i i I think we both kind of had this thought independently but i i don't remember uh, when we talked about it off air um, this album came out a year after Rain Dogs by Tom Waits, and I yes. can't help but feel like maybe Mick Harvey was feeling a little bit of that Tom Waits uh, juju. It would be hard to be in the scene at that time and have an album like Rain Dogs come out and not, as an invented musician, feel like you would want to incorporate some sort of if not direct, you know, pull from that album, then at least some inspiration because that is unique unto itself. So, no, I I, I certainly see the inspiration here. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, that's just a, a theory, um, but very possible um, around this time, Harvey really started to experiment with, with um, a lot of odd instruments. And speaking of odd instruments, we hinted at this before, 
we've got some fire extinguisher. This song uh, is split drum-wise between Mick Harvey, who plays uh, a snare drum, and Thomas Vidler, who plays, you know, ostensibly some of the toms, uh, maybe with one hand, um, because he had, as we've talked about, (laughs) fallen out of some kind of tall bed (laughs) and gone through a window. The poor man. A poor drumming man. So we've got kind of a weird arrangement here. Um, we've got the galloping bass from Harvey. We've got Blixa filling the spaces with these, you know, kind of harsh, all-encompassing guitar hits, um, almost sort of replicating like a crash or or a cymbal, which we know that uh, Thomas was unable to uh, make happen with his other hand, uh, apparently. <laughs> I, I do have to ask, is the fire extinguisher the uh, almost sonar-like pinging that we hear throughout? It almost has to be. That's that's kind of, I was actually going to ask you the same thing, but I do believe it is the bell-type sound we are hearing throughout. And see, I would have called that as woodblock. I've, I've thought it was the whole time, and this adds a whole new whole new dimension to this song. Yeah. Um, yeah, one more thing from, from me on, on this music. The uh, song's kind of a it's sort of conventional uh, musically in terms of of the time signature but it has lots of starts and stops so sometimes it'll be three measures of four and uh sort of break down with blix's guitar hits uh, on the third one sometimes it goes for four it just uh, really does have the effect of keeping you alert keeping on your toes and not being sure uh when the bottom's gonna fall out yeah, no, there's a great sense of danger in this song, and the the stops and starts. There are some pratfalls. I think there's a little bit of humor in the music. Um, <laughs> it's it's an interesting arrangement to be sure. Yeah, they have that weird little piano oh. thing that stops things dead in their tracks. That's uh, I think just once. It it is. It's just once, and that is my favorite part of the song. It's like it's like a musical frown. It's like a very comical. I picture him going, hmm, and, and quickly having a very large <laughs> over, uh, uh, overplayed frown on his face when that happens. It's very fun. I could see that. I was imagining kind of like a pie in the face, uh, some kind of, uh, or some kind of, yeah, pratfall. He's clowning no uh, matter what. He's clowning. He's clowning a little bit. Before we move on to the lyrics Sean, you want to play a game? Oh my God! So early in the episode, I I would love to. What game are we playing today, Andrew? Uh, today's game is uh, an old favorite and definitely a game. If you say it's not a game, I'll uh, disagree with you there. It's called the album cover review game. <laughs> And see, it is a game. It's got game right in the title. Who would argue with that? Who indeed? Well, Sean, I'm going to start off uh, by explaining the rules of this fun game. We look at the album covers to these albums we're talking about, and uh, we rate them on a scale of 1 to 10 Nick Cave heads. Why Nick Cave heads, you asked? Well... Almost all of the album covers have Nick Cave's head on them. So that's what we do. It seems correct. It seems right. 
Sean, I want to get your opinion on your funeral, my trials, album cover. Oh, where to begin? Probably with Nick Cave's head. It's uh, it's a departure from the previous two albums, I think, in the most obvious way, in that he's not looking at us this time. There's no, or not looking maybe directly at us as he wasn't in the first album, but he's not, his eyes are not open, is what I'm trying to say. And that gives me a sad feeling. No, it's it's a simple album. It's kind of blurred. I dig the aesthetic. Uh, he's he's kind of looking down. He looks contemplative. It, I I feel like he's playing the piano. I this time looking at the album, I didn't realize that I'd always assumed that, but it looks like he's kind of in mode, shoulders hunched, and I assume there's a piano in front of him. Um, the cursive is quaint. And if you flip the album over, the back cover is is meme ready in that he suddenly has his eyes open. And I, I dig the vibe of that. Uh, that said, the album doesn't strike me much beyond that. Andrew, do you have a... Uh, how do you feel about this one? Yeah, I, uh, I like this one. I don't think it's... Um anything profound obviously um i could totally see him looking down at his piano i think the main things that are striking about it are that he is casting sort of his eyes down as if to say i'm sad now as you'd mentioned which i think is fitting for this album you know they've all been kind of gloomy in their own way this one especially less angry uh more sorrowful than maybe the last couple um I do like that everyone's faces sort of have this weird, like, surveillance footage vibe, <laughs> as if shown on, like, a CRT television. Um, there's some great pics of the band uh, in the inner notes, uh, lots of play with, you know, colorful light. It feels very 80s to me, um, very spooky. And it's, it's really the first cover that we get with any sort of color uh, beyond the basics. And so that, that blue with the blur, I think, is it is very striking to me. Very 80s vibe. Yeah, definitely. Um, much like the other two albums, it really, other than him looking sad, really no indication of what's contained within. I think by now we know that that's not much of a priority <laughs> for him, although we did skip uh, Kicking Against the Pricks, which I think has one of the more simpatico album covers. But yeah, uh, I'd love to hear what your review of this album cover is. Yes. Out of 10 Nick Cave Heads. So out of 10 Nick Cave Heads, and for the reasons that I don't hate it, I also don't get too excited about it. Uh, and as you said, it it is not super indicative of what's inside, but I will say that it is. it might be the most indicative yet. Uh, Ag- agreed. I would agree with that. I, I am not surprised when I listen to the album. I would not have been able to predict it, but I'm not surprised. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick this one. I think where I've stuck some of the others right in the middle uh, and give it five point two five out of ten Nick Cave heads. I'm carving. I, it's it's five Nick Cave heads and Nick Cave severed jaw. Tis the season for carving. That's right. Uh, like a turkey, my rating is piping fresh and stuffed full of i don't know andrew what do you think Um, of this album cover (laughs) are you really zagged on me with that uh 
you're carving something else. Um, I I don't remember what I gave the others. We got to start writing these down. I can't remember either. I know, man. We really fucked that up. Um, we'll go back through at some point when we have uh, time, if that ever happens. But um, no, I'm I'm. It's pretty unremarkable to me. The the pictures within with the faces of the band. Blixel looking insane, Mick with his ominous smile and weird staticky overlay, um, all the haunted glow. That stuff is great. But just looking at the the main cover, uh, it doesn't do a lot for me. I'm gonna go ahead and say this one is 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 right about four and a half Nick Cave heads for me. Wow. I I do recall that your scale is more in line with the uh u.s school system than mine is and so that is that is a devastating blow for this album (laughs) well you know it's got some cool text it's just not very striking just just taking it as the text and his head i I don't know yeah you know the black and white photo for the last album was very stark and feels like it was trying to you know say something ish yeah and the first one nick just looks completely unhinged which i think does match that album pretty well but yeah for me this is the one that that just you know even if it it has that sort of sorrowful kind of vibe to it it just seems like it was probably done pretty hastily you know and and now that you've said that i'm i'm looking at it and i think one of the reasons i never gave this album much consideration i've I've said that before but this is kind of my first time deep diving in because i just never even thought about it i think the album cover probably was to blame for that and i'm I'm actually going to knock half a nick cave head off and so that's 4.75 nick cave heads for me giving new meaning to the term uh, mental math um let's <laughs> let's go ahead and write these down right now yep. <laughs> so that we so that we will remember what we said i've carved it into my leg i've uh, notch by notch winner by winner i am i'm bleeding a lot but i won't forget so that's a 4.75 out of 10 nick cape heads for sean that's a 4.5 nick cape heads out of 10 for me andrew so that was the game that was the uh the the fun game we played uh we both won everybody the listener won you won i won you ready to get into some music analysis sorry uh, you ready to get into some lyrical analysis <laughs> that i am andrew that i am ready to get into some lyrical analysis <laughs> It's time to dive on in. It's time to fall fall towards this song and into the lyrics, into its yawning crevice. Feel around to see what we can find. Let's do it. Sean, you want to lead us off with verse uh, one? <sighs> I, it would be my pleasure and great honor. Verse one, the song begins uh, with, a metaphor that was tired before he said it. Once she lay open like a road, carved apart the madness that I stumbled from, but she fell away. 
she fell away. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, the song loses me a bit here upon repeated listens. Um, Andrew, before I before I taint your opinion in any way with my negativity, what do you what do you make of this? Well, I'm not a I, I we we are eternally you know fans. Um, so yeah, I would, don't want to start out too down on anything. Um, but yeah, the 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 once she lay open like a road, I think is a little trite. Carved apart the madness that I stumbled from. I do like this idea of you know a road carving some wilderness, uh, some madness, some you know p- potentially the idea of being lost. But as far as an opening line, I I think it is one of the weaker ones we've looked at so far. I would have to agree. Um, and it, it's not too mysterious what this is referring to. I, I believe this is the introduction to the main character uh, and the introduction to someone that uh, he holds in, in some esteem who has, has saved him from his own madness. This, you know, she um, is is laying open like a road as as opportunity or as, you know, a, a place to go, a, a wide open road full of possibility uh brought to him by this other person and and like you said i really do like the line carved apart the madness that i stumbled from she i think is uh you know taking his life as it is and and creating some kind of order out of it for him uh so it's a decent dismount from a from a shaky start yeah and i mean and everything you said about um this stuff with the the speaker and then this unnamed uh woman there's already a lot of objectification, like a road. This person's like a road. Um, you know, they. It's nothing. It's nothing too too gross to say that you know someone you know helped you out of a tough bind. But the idea that you know someone laying open like a road could have a sexual connotation, or it could be just you know projecting um, this idea of this person as a tool, um, which we'll see, I think, a little bit more as we go. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, that just got me thinking of two other songs I, I love. Um, uh, Over the Hills and Far Away, Led Zeppelin. Um, you know, many, many men can't see the open road. It's it's used as this thing that just exists. It's a road. It's not a person. So this is kind of a skeevier version of that. Um, and then also Audio Slaves, I Am the Highway, where someone is kind of laying themselves down as a road, but it's from the, the road's perspective. And so this is, again turning that into someone else who yeah very much is i believe using this person or at least in the sinister way the music presents it and the way that nick has already started to kind of croon this at us uh feels very dirty and as you said probably well probably overtly just overtly sexual in a way yep but she fell away she fell away um we get the turn immediately too and so it seems that this person has has left the speaker and uh it it gives context to the mournful delivery of nick at this point where he is again kind of crooning this and uh i i feel like there's a deep sadness in his voice or at least a a petulance that this person could have ever left him yeah definitely and and we still don't know why or how or you know in what context this falling away happens but yeah shed me like a skin she fell away left me holding everything love and and you know so many great 
vocal moments on this album, but uh, this song has a bunch of really good deliveries. Seems impossible to me now. Uh, <laughs> seems impossible to <laughs> me now. Like he just he really goes for it here, um, and and I I really love that. Yeah. Um, but well, I, and then finishing the the stanza is but once the road lay open like a girl. And I, I do want to say the after left me holding everything is that piano roll the the comical fall, um, <laughs> yeah. which <laughs> prevents me from taking this all too seriously. Absolutely, um, and yet adds some much needed interest I think to the Absolutely. subject matter in the song. Um, the delivery and the music really help. You know what? It wouldn't be a surprise to say at this point that you you and I think this song might be, you know, not not the most profound um not a judgment of the quality of the song just uh you know not as not as deep as a as a jack's shadow or referential as a boxer black paul or something like that absolutely and it's you know they're all cave's characters he's he's kind of exploring the territory right now and and creating these worlds and some people just aren't that interesting and so he like you said really goes for it with the delivery and the music um which hey if the song's not that deep at least it's got uh, a catchy undertone going for it yeah absolutely um you know shedding me like a skin it, it left me holding everything feels like a very one-way kind of a one-way road um but yeah we've got we've got this sort of call back within the same verse but once the road lay open like a girl twist it twist it right around a nice little twisty at the end of the verse does that change the meaning to you at all you know it does i i kind of and granted we kind of have to reach a little bit more on songs like this that are a little more um either ambiguous or or light lyrically but um i get the idea that you know the road now even just the idea of the road the idea of opportunity or or you know maybe adventure or or a destination you know now even that isn't open yeah the girl is no longer open like the road the road is no longer open you know like opportunity or with opportunity yeah and it it strikes me that perhaps um you know, this is a, a speaker who was inexperienced in love before meeting whoever this was and mm. equated that Frida with a woman. And so this is kind of taking a step even back into the past a little bit more and saying, you know, he saw freedom as as a woman, as someone that might save him from whatever madness he's in, and then perhaps met a, a terrible fate when actually meeting that woman and then having her leave him. Yeah. The, the flip, I think, is kind of interesting in that. Yeah, definitely. I, it, it's it's still not my favorite, um, you know, lyrics he's done, but I do see the reason for laying down that first line um, and to, to illustrate something. I, I think there is a through line there that, that uh, works in a way. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, it, you know, it calls back to some of his other lyrics or calls forward to some of the other lyrics um you know he he mentions roads quite a bit and you know it represents at times a retreat or a flight from something terrible and so the speaker's optimism that the road is you know 
a good thing at this point is, I think, um, leading us to a pretty common theme for Cave, that the road might close and represent something else entirely. Yeah, definitely. Moving on to verse two. And we drank and laughed and threw the bottle over, but she fell away, she fell away. I did not see the cracks form as I knelt to pray. I did not see the crevice yawn. Sean, got anything on on this? You know, I do. Um, On the surface, the lyrics, I think, are pretty obvious. It's they, you know, he met a woman. They drank and laughed, and and throwing the bottle over strikes me as just kind of a careless toss of an empty bottle. Uh, And then, you know, again, she leaves him, and... You know, he don't. He, I don't think knows why he didn't see the cracks form, and he doesn't see the crevice that, I guess, swallowed her yawning. Um, but what's what's interesting here? The threw the bottle over was a phrase that I had never heard before, and so I looked that up, and it might be a reference to around the same time Leonard Cohen's "Story of Isaac," which is a song about the um, Isaac from the Bible, and that gives us a very loose tie here, as I always try and find. Uh, back to actually what we were talking about in the previous episode with uh, punishments for various crimes in Leviticus, child sacrifice was one of them. And you can't sacrifice your child to Moloch, who demands child sacrifice. And it's just funny that he would take a line from a song about the number one parable in the Bible about child sacrifice, the song after vaguely potentially referencing the book that tells you about the punishment for child sacrifice. That's all I've got for that. But I, I thought it was interesting, if nothing else. Yeah, I saw that on, on uh, someone had tagged that on genius.com. Uh, I think, um, yeah, the idea of drawing a parallel between the, the Abraham and Isaac thing for this song, it, it doesn't seem to me like the narrator kills this woman or sac- sacrifices this woman. Now, no. we'll, we'll get to what we think, obviously, when we get through this song. But I do think there is something interesting there with the idea of, you know, the Lord telling, you know, Abraham, you need to do this stuff for me. You know, you need to kill your son. Then when he's about to, obviously, it doesn't happen. But I kind of get this idea that maybe, just maybe, this is some kind of reference to this guy having some crazy expectations of this girl. And then when Mm. she doesn't meet them, when she doesn't, approach with her son and and say hey well i'm gonna do it um here here he goes the fact that she won't maybe commit or the fact that she won't even get all the way up the mountain to approach you know the lord and say hey i'm willing to do all this stuff for you maybe he sees that as this betrayal or her not being Uh, faithful enough or something like that yeah, no, I really like that with the as I knelt to pray line as well. He seems preoccupied yes. with that devotion. Exactly. And doesn't yes. notice her running away. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> I'm just picking up on, on my uh, Bible studies that you have uh, you've given us. But yeah, no, I, I like the idea of you know, how it pertains to Leviticus and how it, uh, you know, as, yeah, the connection from this song to the last song. Um, you know, two very tenuous connections yeah connected well just, to one another yeah, that's true but there is i mean there's plenty of biblical imagery we on the title track and and all this yeah. stuff i think it's uh, i think it's there and you just kind of gotta have some fun looking into it and 
you know, I probably won't think about it ever again as I listen to this song because it's <laughs> to me this is more about two people, but it seems like there's something there. Yeah, and and you know, that's I don't think the last thing in this little section either. Um the cracks and the crevice yawning and everything I think is very apocalyptic. It's it's very revelations, yeah. uh the imagery there. And especially this this next line, I'll just finish off the verse. Yeah. Uh sometimes at night I feel the end it is at hand. And that is, you know, the hell else is the end. Uh, but we, we take a little turn here. My pistol going crazy in my hand, for she fell away. Oh, she fell away. And I I haven't read all of Revelations, but I don't think anyone's jerking it too hard in there. Um, and that that's just my reading. Do you get anything else out of this? I think that this man is furiously masturbating uh, for his loss. <laughs> well, I think it's... I think it's there, right? Like, obviously, there is, uh, you know, the end is at hand. You know, pistol going crazy in my hand, which, again, kudos rhyming hand with hand. He um, did it. He did it. Everyone's and got it, two know, hands. <laughs> and, it, and it ain't that bad. Um, <laughs> but I also take it as, like, he doesn't give himself agency, you know, or this girl. She fell away. She probably chose to leave is my my guess at this point in the song. But her falling away, it's like she has no agency. Him, you know, he's been left holding everything. He's been shed like a skin. He has no agency. He's an object as well in his own way. Oh. The pistol's going crazy in his... He's not waving it around or thinking about, you know, potentially oh. suicidal action. It's, it's doing it on its own because she fell away. She didn't leave me. Yeah. But I like the jerking it as well. I mean, <laughs> jerking it without agency is like a cartoon fireman being flung around by the hose. <laughs> <laughs> Going insane. Absolutely crazy. It's, please open your textbooks to page uh, 86 for that uh, diagram. <laughs> I think it was the Ren and Stimpy where they dress up like Dalmatians and go fight fires if that happened. Yes. Moving on to verse three, walked me to the brink and fell away. I did not see her fall to better days. Sometimes I wonder, was she ever really there at all? Yes, she fell away. Again, kudos to Nick for the delivery. Was she really, was she ever really there at all? Really good, uh, good vocal delivery as with pretty much every line in the song. Um, what do you make of, what do you make of these final, final lines? Yeah, so I think we're still hitting on the vaguely sexual uh, here with Walk Me to the Brink. Uh, I don't know. I After all of this imagery, I just kind of get that word choice as, you know, getting him close, but not quite getting in there. Um, and again, without agency, it, it feels like he's being manipulated by her. And so, you know, it began with him acting like she's an object that, you know, will serve him, that gives him opportunity, all these things. And then it turns on him and he feels used and, you know, is saying here that she got him close to whatever was going to happen to the brink of um, climax, to the brink of death, to the brink of, you know, breaking free of his madness, to the brink of something. And then, um, you know, from behind him, I, I imagine her pushing him in this scenario, uh, she simply tilts backwards and falls away selfishly to to better days and he didn't even see it happen you know he's not uh he's not privy to that because he's paying attention to something else praying or 
looking down the road or whatever it is. Exactly. Doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh. Yeah, he he was used. He got burnt. Man got ever, burnt. Was she ever really there at all? You know, it's like. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah. You, <laughs> while you were busy praying or doing whatever the fuck you were doing, yeah, they probably were. We're trying to to get something from you that you didn't uh, you didn't make happen. Yeah, but it, it could also be another hint at madness. You know, we've we've seen a couple mad characters already. Where sure um, you have the unreliable narrator, and you know maybe this is an imagined uh, imagined partner that has done something to him that you know he had a connection with and a fit of drinking, but never really actually connected with. And all of a sudden she was gone, and he's standing there like whoa, but. Uh, yeah, no, we haven't we haven't seen the healthiest of relationships in his songs, and uh, not even the, you know, most uh, two sided of relationships, and so uh, it's a hint at something dark. Yeah, we're improving, we're improving steadily. Uh, no murder, <laughs> it would appear. I don't believe he killed her. There's I, 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 I don't see it, but hey, anything's possible. Anything is possible. Um, if you think yeah. he did it, write in, please. <laughs> like if you think he did it comment if you think he didn't (laughs) uh do you anything else from this last verse nope uh next time we'll be wrapping up our analysis (laughs) of your funeral and my trial with two tracks the final track from the original release the tim rose cover longtime man and the non-album single from this era which found its way to the cd release the vitriolic scum (laughs) thank you andrew that's uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> beautiful service to our listeners that you've done um next time we'll be listening to two songs the final song uh from the original uh double ep uh is the tim rose cover long time man and uh in the same episode we'll also be talking about the non-album single from this era, the only single from this era, it found its way to the CD version, um, the original CD release, and it is uh, a vile, vile tune called Scum. (laughs) So listen to both of those before next time. Sean, where can they find us? Yes, uh, as always, you know, we, we really want you to reach out uh, engage with us have a discussion let's talk cave class is in session you're getting free classes that usually cost a hell of a lot more at our for-profit nick cave college uh, so please write in take advantage of that service and we want to hear your opinions uh, if you disagree if you like us if you anything just want to hear what you have to say and you can find us uh, through email at todayslessonpod at gmail.com you can tweet at us vitriolically at today's lesson pod or you can throw us a couple coins if you feel like we're doing that good of a job at patreon.com slash today's lesson. And uh, any any reviews less than five stars, we will uh, hit you on the knuckles with a yardstick. That's right. We're very old school, very old school and very Catholic. And so you will be you will be hit with many rulers. We'll uh, be dressed that, like nuns. I already am dressed like a nun. I don't know if listeners know that but every episode i'm dressed like a nun unless otherwise stated um yes that but that that that's an excellent point andrea i've been forgetting this please wherever you're listening 
rate and review helps us get some exposure uh, and also tell your friends you know we've said it a number of times and i hope you believe us by now but this is a podcast for everyone nick cave fans non-nick cave fans the smart the stupid the ugly the attractive anybody can listen so please 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 spread the good word and uh you know make it make a tape for your unborn child of all of our greatest moments and get those kids on board early that's right we've got uh the babies today's lesson tapes coming out uh with prenatal headphones that you can just kind of put on your your pregnant stomach and... well you swallow them now i think oh make their way down to the baby what an age we live in yes anyway please you know i'm actually 100 percent sure that's how it works now <laughs> I trust you. You are a professor of this sort of thing. So I hired you at my dang college. <laughs> it came to my uh, uh, confirmation. Um, <laughs> I performed your confirmation. <laughs> Cut your foreskin. <laughs> Sean, until next time. I performed the breath. <laughs> Until next time, uh, we love Nick Cave. We <laughs> didn't wait for me. We do love Nick Cave. We love Nick Cave. We we love Nick. Bye. Bye. That was a good one. <laughs> So many dogs just started barking after I said that. <laughs> There's so many dogs barking outside. It's crazy. <laughs> they just all of a sudden, all together, started barking. Oh, no. <laughs> what have we done? You're fucked. <laughs> Shit. That's not good. Where'd all the dogs come from? Get the fire extinguisher. Yeah. <laughs>